Thank you, Master. Would you turn in the Scriptures this morning to the book of Ephesians? We've been talking for some weeks now about the subject of growing up. And remember we were excited about it last week? Huh? Weren't we? We're excited the Lord is causing us to grow up and become just like Jesus. Just like him. Oh, that's exciting. And I, I believe we're nearing the end of this series. When I say the end, I don't mean to imply that we have completed it. Just a place to unhook and begin a different area. Because uh, the church needs a broad diet. You don't just need to hear one thing only all the time. And the Lord knows what we're needing at the time. You know, there are times that your body, your physical body, needs certain things right then. And uh, so the Lord is helping us to be nourished up spiritually. You remember that's what he told Peter. He said, do you love me? He said, yeah. He said, feed my sheep. Well, that's what's supposed to be going on. We're supposed to be eating this morning, feeding. And he's not talking about hot dogs and hamburgers. What's he talking about? Huh? Feeding on the word, not tradition and theories and ideas and just folks' experiences and politics and social reform. No, the word. The word. Are you ready to get fed some word? Hmm? And through it, we're going to grow up. Father, we're all here before you this morning. Thank you for all you've already helped us with, but... We're looking for the next part. Give us all ears to hear and eyes that see. A heart open and receptive. Let there come revelation of your holy, wonderful, perfect word. Exactly what we need right now. And we'll not be forgetful hearers. But by your grace, we'll put it into practice. We are and will be doers of your word. And we know as we do, we will have to be blessed Because you're so faithful to watch over your word and perform it in our lives when we do. Said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word of the Lord. Ephesians 4, are you there? Ephesians 4 and verse 8 says, When the Lord ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. And he gave gifts to men. Verse 11, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why did he give them? For the perfecting of the saints. Do the saints need to be perfected? For what? Why do the saints need to be perfected? For so they can do the work of the ministry. Well, I thought that's what the preacher's job was. Well, you thought wrong. That's one of the reasons why so many churches are so crippled. You got all these folks that just come and never do anything. And you got a handful of people that are just working themselves silly and breaking down their health and never get any rest because they're doing what everybody else is supposed to be or trying to. The thing is, you can't, which means a lot of stuff's just not going to get done. And then you got all these people going to get to heaven 
and have very little or no reward. Now that's sad. And, and you have to do in order to develop. I know so many things that Phyllis and I have learned about being led by the Spirit, about faith, about increase. We didn't learn just by sitting in a class. We didn't learn just by being in a service. We learned by doing it. You have to use your faith to minister to other people. And you learn so many things. How many can testify while you're trying to help somebody else? Oh, man, that's when you hear from God. That's when you have gifts of the Spirit in manifestation. While you're trying to help somebody and be of service to somebody, that's when you really begin to learn. So what if you never do anything except sit on the pew? Well, then you won't grow up. You won't develop. You won't be perfected. You won't accomplish the work of the ministry. You won't do your part to the building up, the edifying of the body of Christ. But not us. Not this bunch. We can't control everybody else but us. As for us, we're growing up. We're going to work and serve the Lord. We're not going to be just a bunch of babies. We're going to grow up and assume responsibility and and work and be diligent and get the job done. He went on to say, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. There's that word perfect again. Perfecting of the saints. Now he says perfect man. Now that does not mean, like we've said before in this setting, this, these words, Greek to English, does not mean flawless. Perfect doesn't mean flawless. What does it mean? Probably one of the better words we'd use today is complete. To bring something to its end. To bring something to its ultimate completion. And you can tell what area he's talking about. He's talking about growing up. To bring you to your full potential as a mature, grown up child of God. Do the saints need to grow up? Do the saints need to be perfected and grow up and become a mature one? Oh, one of the biggest needs in the body. And that's why he gave us the ministry gifts. He went on to say, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What will you look and sound like when you grow up fully? Just like the Christ. That we henceforth be no more children. See, that's what he's talking about. No more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. Is he telling us how to grow up? May grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. How are we going to grow up? Has he given us two of the most important parts? Keys to growing up. What are they? Speaking the truth in love. How are you going to grow up? Truth and love. Truth and love. Truth and love. Now we've spent some time talking about lying and deception. And there never was a more devilish thing than lying. Trying to deceive. There never was a more ungodly thing. And the sad thing is that there are so many people that call themselves Christians 
that downplay it and make like it's not, well, you know, we've all told little fibs and, and even teach their kids to go to school and tell a lie. I tell the coach a lie or tell the principal a lie. Well, you know, sometimes a little white lie is better. You don't hurt people. And that is devilish. That is completely ungodly. And if you're going to grow up, you have to set your heart, you have to set your face that I am not a liar. I do not deceive. I either tell the truth or I stay quiet. Sometimes people have pushed me about certain things and I've said, well, they said, well, what's so I said, well, I didn't say. They said, well, I know you didn't say. That's why I'm asking you. What is it? I said, I didn't say. You don't have to answer every question. But what you do say better be the truth. Or otherwise you're compromising your own spirit. You're undermining your own integrity and aligning yourself with the one who invented lying. The father of lies. No, no. Jesus, he is the way. He is the what? The truth. The word of God is called the word of truth. The spirit of God is called the spirit of truth. Said out loud, I love the truth. I I only speak the truth. I I will not lie. lie. No matter what it costs me. I I will not lie. Now, friends, if you hadn't got this settled in you, oh, dear Lord. I mean, if you yield to lying, you've got the door wide open for the enemy to destroy your marriage, to destroy your business, to destroy your finances, on and on and on. Shut the door. I said, shut the door. Now, skip down just a few verses more and you'll see it specifically talks about this. In this same chapter, he said, uh, verse 25 Putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we're members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. See, keep that whole passage, the flow of it in mind. Is yielding to your temper giving place to the devil in your life? Is lying giving place to the devil in your life? Absolutely. Do you want the devil to have place in your life? What does he do when you give him place in your life? He steals. He kills. He destroys. Well, I don't want the devil killing and stealing and destroying my life. Well, then control that temper. And watch that mouth. And tell not one more lie. Ever. Right? And shut the door. And give the devil no place. Now, we see that the keys to growing up are truth and love. And we talked about the truth and we've talked about love, but I want to go further today. In the last session, we talked about that one of the real indicators, in fact, be turning back to 1 Corinthians 3, one of the real indicators of how mature one is, is what it takes to upset you. What it takes to make you mad. Babies, it doesn't take much to upset them, does it? Your balloon got popped. Man, to to some little ones, you know, they got this little balloon. What? Somebody gave it to them. What's it worth? A penny? Probably not. 
And they're having the biggest time and pop. A lot of times, what do you hear next? (laughs) Man, you, you would think something major had happened. But on the scale of important things going on on the planet, where does that rank? It ain't. It'd be hard to find it, wouldn't it? I mean, but to them, it's enough to wail and scream and carry on about. Well, you don't have to be three to do that. You ever seen a 40-year-old carry on, cut up, 50-year-old scream and yell and pound their, their, their fist and throw something? What was it over? Well, I'm sure they thought it was very significant. Just like the three-year-old thought the balloon popping was a big deal. But if you could grow up. I said, if you could grow up and see it from God's perspective. You'd learn, as they say, not to sweat the small stuff. And you'd realize that all that stuff is small stuff. But it seems pretty big to me. Well, maybe, is that because it's so big or is it because you're such a baby? It seems mighty big to me. Well, that balloon popping seemed mighty big to them. But it's not. And the more we grow up, the more it takes to shake us. The more it takes to ruffle us. Well, they talked about me. So, what does that mean? They talked about you. They're maligning my good name. They told on me I did that. It ain't true. So, what is that in the big scheme of things? Y'all going to help me with this or not? Do I need just close right now? Can you take some more? Do you want to grow up? Do you care? What is a big indicator? Now, see, really what we're talking about is this second area. We're talking about love. Growing up in love is a huge part of growing up spiritually. And a big part of that is evidenced in what it takes to make you mad, to hurt you, to upset you. There's a lot of people, bless their hearts, they just wear their feelings on their sleeve. And they just, actually, they keep their shoes off and keep their feet out where people can step on them. And then they go, oh, you stepped on my, you stepped on my toes, you stepped on my toes. And they're used to people rushing around and go, oh, baby, baby, did you hurt your toe? Uh-huh. Look. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? Babies. And the thing that confuses people is that sometimes these babies are in 60-year-old bodies. And by reason of time, should have grown up, but never did. Always getting hurt. Always getting hurt. And they perpetually live like this. <laughs> that hurt me. You don't know how that hurt me. <laughs> well, is it because it was so terrible? 
or because you can't take anything. How many know in a time of war, you can't have people out there in the field defending their homes and their country going, Oh, I broke a nail. Oh, God. You got to have people that can bleed and continue with broken bones. Did you hear me? Are you okay? Yeah, I'll be all right till we get this done. Leaving a trail. Hmm? Not a baby. Does the scripture tell this? Endure hardness. As a good soldier, you can take a punch. You can take a hit. And instead of folding up and crying like a two-year-old, you wipe the blood off your face and you go, that's all right. That's all right. We ain't done. Let's go. Does it hurt? Yeah, but God's with me. I'll be fine. Let's get it done. Oh, friends, we need these kind of people in the church. Instead of people lining up to counsel with the pastor about their hurts. They hurt me. And people that are mature, when you come tell them what you're, what is it? What they do to you? See? It was right here. And you're thinking, that? Sometimes you want to say, get out of my office. I got stuff to do. But we got a whole society that has developed around fear of losing people. And so the ministry is taught to coddle all this. And they go, oh, baby, that is bad. Let me look at that skint knee again. Ooh, that's bad. (laughs) No, we must grow up. Be able to take some stuff. Well, they said some stuff about me. So? What about it? They hurt me. So? Can you take it or not? Are you a baby or not? This hasn't been taught enough. Hmm? I've even had people tell me, well, my, my problem is, Brother Keith, I guess, I'm just different from other people. When I hear that, you know what I think? Pride, 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 pride. The moment I hear that, I know. What do you mean? I think I am. You ain't that different from other people. It's a lie. We're all experiencing the same temptations and trials, the Bible says. We all are. You can believe different if you want to. I guess I'm just different, you know, I guess. I think it's because I'm so sensitive spiritually (laughs) that other people's words just pierce me. And just, I guess I'm so sensitive to the Spirit of God that it makes me so sensitive to other people. (laughs) You're a baby, a little preemie baby playing with spiritual things. People who grow up spiritually are strong. I said they are strong. They can take some stuff. 
People can talk about them. People can hurt them. People can do them wrong. And they will forgive. They will forget. They will not let it hold them back and hinder them from doing their job. Did you hear me? Because they've grown up. I said they've grown up. Like the master. How many days do you suppose Jesus stayed in? Because he was so hurt over how the Pharisees and the Sadducees were treating him. How many times do you think he said, boys, y'all just going to have to do this without me. I'm telling you, this has just got to me. This last thing these Pharisees and Sadducees did. Y'all going to have to pray for me. I just, it has hurt me so bad. Never, 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 never. Why? Because he wasn't a baby. I said he wasn't a baby. And the Bible said God is growing you and I up to the measure of the stature of the fullness of the anointed one, just like him. So that you can think like him and talk like him, act, react, respond like him. That's what we're called to be. Hallelujah. And one of the things, you've heard me say it before, but I'm telling you, one of the things that will save your life in this area is if you just will heed it and never, ever, ever, for any reason, at any time, anywhere, with anybody, never, ever, ever, what? Feel sorry for yourself. That's showing weakness. I said it shows weakness. It shows immaturity to ball, you know, roll up in a ball and pull the blinds and wait for somebody to notice you. Wait for somebody. I mean, people do it. They play. Wait for somebody to come and then get mad because they didn't come right away. And then when they say, what's wrong? Nothing. 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 I'm okay. Just don't worry about me. Just go on and do what you need to do. I'll be fine. Babies. I said babies. And it'd be one thing if they were born again last week. That'd be one thing. Babies need extra attention. But to have been in church for 20 and 30 years and still acting like that, that's not okay. I said, that's not okay. Where are you? 1 Corinthians 3. Can you take some more? (laughs) Say it out loud. I can take it. I'm growing up. I can endure hardness as a good soldier. It takes something to shake me. It takes a lot to upset me, to make me angry. I am not easily hurt. I am not easily offended. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Glory to God. 
Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians 2, the latter part of it, he's talking about being spiritual. And spiritually discerning things. And how we have the mind of Christ. Well, that's the mind of the mature one. The perfect man. And 3, 1, it wasn't written in chapter and verse. This all flows together. He says, I, brethren, could not speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. So another way of saying carnal is to say baby. Another way of saying uh, spiritual is to say mature. People who are grown up spiritually are mature. People who don't are babies. Babies are carnal. That means carny has to do with the flesh. Flesh ruled. Which means feeling ruled. Babies are feeling ruled. People who grow up learn not to just act the way they feel. And just yield to their feelings. If the baby is wet, they don't care what's going on. All they know is what they feel. And they want everybody else to know how I feel. (laughs) They're a baby. But how many understand? You're 40 years old and you're sitting in a room and you're going, I'm hot. I'm hot. So? Y'all don't understand. Quit talking. I'm hot. I'm hungry. So? There ain't no news flash. People get hungry every day. But carnal, immature babies are feeling ruled. And when they feel something to them, that is all that matters. It's what they feel. And they think everybody ought to stop what they're doing and pay attention to how I feel. If you live by how you feel, you will not grow up. You'll stay a baby. There got to be times when you feel one way, but by faith you act another. You feel like writing somebody off, but you act in love towards them. You must say, well, now I'm not a put on. If I don't feel like I love them, I can't act like that. No, this is not hypocrisy. It's a decision. I said, it's a decision. You decide that you're going to do this even though you feel like doing something else. You feel like falling in a pile and crying and feeling sorry for yourself. But you say, oh, no, no. You get yourself by the ear and you drag yourself in front of the mirror and you say, now, look, God has done too much for you. You've seen him come through too many times for you to act like this. You get up and you give praise to God and you talk faith. You know better. Even though you feel like yielding to depression, you sing by faith. You give thanks by faith. You talk faith and not fear and not doubt. Can you act in a way different from how you feel? Can you? Do adults do it? Adults learn that. I'm not talking about deception. That's another thing. It's another thing. You're not trying to deceive anybody. You just have decided to do something that's different from how you feel. That's growing up. He said, I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you're not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able, for you are yet carnal. Now, how did he know they were carnal? For there is among you envying and strife, 
divisions are you not carnal and walk as men are mere unchanged, unsaved men. Some translations bring out. I want you to go with me to the book of Hebrews, please. And see another passage in the New Testament that talks specifically about growing up. Hebrews chapter 5. See, I'm growing up. I'm growing up. No more baby. No more feeling dominated. I can endure hardness. I can take a punch. I can take a hit. Hmm? I can take something. Well, I tell you what, if you're going to advance in the ministry and you can't stand people talking about you, <laughs> you got a problem. People say, well, I, you know, that Brother Keith, he just, he wants to be on TV where everybody can see him. Not really. You get people that see you, the more people that see you, that's the more opportunities that people could misunderstand you. They don't know you. They hear a piece of a piece of something you said. And they already got their own preconceived ideas about what you are and what you're doing. And people can say some really mean things. Can't they? But what if uh, Phyllis came here today and she said, well, I'm sorry, but Keith didn't come. (laughs) He's not going to be preaching today. Why? Why isn't he here? He didn't get out of the bed. (laughs) Somebody wrote him a bad letter. And it just hurt him so bad that he just couldn't get past it this morning. Well, what does that say? What would it say about me? Now, you know the right answer, but... What else would be going on? Why wouldn't I care enough about you? Come on now. Why wouldn't I care enough about you to put my feelings aside, even if I had taken a hit? Why wouldn't I care enough about the Lord that I'm going to serve him and obey him this morning? No matter if I got a wound, huh? if I'm losing some blood, if I had something broke, how committed am I to him? Or to you. Can I get past it? Can I push past it? Can I come do my job? And now listen to this. If you let that kind of stuff incapacitate you. You know what's going to happen next week? You're going to have 50 ugly letters. Why? Because the devil sees. Man this works. So what does that mean? Do it some more. Let's just get him out of the ministry. So if you're smart, you'll learn how to take a punch and not let your enemy know he got you. Hmm? I learned this sport fighting. I know one time I got kicked in the ribs. Didn't know it at the time, but it fractured a rib. I knew it hurt. (laughs) And so I'm just, what was I, 13. And so I'm fighting like this. And my uh, my instructor, he stopped the fight and he called me over the side. He said, now, Keith, he said, you're drawing attention to that injury. 
What do you think your opponent's going to do? You ever seen boxing? What if a guy gets a cut on his eye? Then what does the opponent want to do? All he's thinking about is punishing that eye some more, right? Somebody said, well, that's mean. That's fighting. He said, Keith, you let him know that he got you. And so he's going to focus on that. He said, I know it hurts. But unless you want to get kicked another 20 times in that same spot, you better do something different. And I began to learn, you know, even though I'm hurting, to not let it show. That has served me well in serving God. And even if the enemy is able to get something in on you. I learned this. At one time a guy. He faked some stuff. He told me he didn't know how to fight. And he wanted me to teach him some things. And he kind of floundered around for a couple of rounds. And like the third one. Man he come alive. This guy's a pro. And because I was letting my guard down. He nailed me in the mouth. I saw stars. I heard birds sing. I, you know. <laughs> But I, I'll never forget the look on his face because he knew he had hit me with everything he had. I had to turn over to the, the side. I couldn't see for a minute. And the ref said, well, let's stop. Let's stop. And I wiped off my mouth. I looked at him. I said, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Really, let's go. I saw the look on his face. He just kind of drained. He was like, that. he put everything he had in that. And he thought, he ain't done. He ate. He don't even look like he's hurting too. I was hurting, but I'm not going to let him know. Can you do this with the enemy? Somebody said some ugly stuff about you. It got you. It got to you. But you just go, oh, you you hit me. You hit me. Well, he's going to hit you another 43 times. Same spot. What do you do? Even if you're hurting. Can you help me with this now? Even if you're hurting, what do you do? Is that it? Huh? Let's get this done. Can you be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might? Can you endure even hardness? He didn't say it was easy. He said hardness, but can you endure it like a good soldier? You got wounds, you got injuries, you're hungry, you're tired, you haven't slept in two days. But can you stir yourself up and take that hill? Can you do it? God's got to have people like this in the kingdom of God. And not just a bunch of baby pew warmers. Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5. Verse 7, talking about Jesus. In the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. This is talking about Jesus. And being what? Being what? Made perfect. Jesus came into this earth. And didn't operate as God. He operated like other men. He developed. He learned. He grew in stature. He grew in wisdom. And he was made perfect. He's our example. Was the Garden of Gethsemane easy? 
the whipping post, the cross, was it easy? No, no. But did he face it? Did he go through it? Glory to God. What an example. If he can do that, surely we can put up with somebody talking about us. If he can go to the cross, what can we do? That's what he said in Hebrews here later. He said, you haven't resisted to blood yet. You haven't resisted and stood until blood came out your pores. He did. I said, he did. He said, being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say, hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you've need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe or a baby. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Would you like to sink your teeth into some of the meat of God's word? Beyond where you've been. There's milk. And then there's meat. Meat is harder to digest. Huh? Yeah. It's harder to eat. You got to have some teeth. You got to have some strength to chew. And then it's so dense that... It takes something for your stomach to, and your intestines to digest it. It's not like milk, isn't it? And in Jesus' own ministry, there were times he taught things and people spit it out. And half and three quarters of his crowd left and didn't come back. Read John 6 sometimes. Well, what do we want? We want milk from now on? Or do we want something else? (laughs) Strong meat. What kind of meat? What does that mean? That's grass fed. (laughs) It's chewy. But it's got some flavor to it. Grass fed. Grass fed buffalo that ran up and down the plains. Rhino skewers. I don't know. (laughs) Strong meat. Right? Meat that's got to be chewed. You got to chew it quite a bit before you even swallow it. And then when you swallow it, it ain't digested in two minutes. Now read what he calls basics or milk. Chapter 6. Therefore, that connects what he just said, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. He just got through talking about milk. Now he calls it principles. These are the basics. The milk, the principles. Let us go on unto what? 
Let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance. Repentance is milk. Principle. From dead works. Faith towards God. That's a principle. Basic principle. Of the doctrine of baptisms. That's being baptized in water. That's being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Baptisms. There's more than one. Of the resurrection of the dead. Mrs. That's basics. Yeah. Of eternal judgment. Basics. Basics. Wonder how many churches never even started on the basics. They're talking about, you know, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. So many churches not getting milk. They're not getting milk. They're getting people quoting passages of literature. And a social reform idea and be nice. Just be nice. (laughs) No, the milk and the principle of these things. He said, let's not stop there. Let's go on. Didn't he say that? Let's go on. Now this is always going to be our foundation. We're not going to get away from it. But we're going to build on it. I said, we're going to build on it. He said, for it's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they fall away, to renew them to repentance. This is a mature one. And this process is the process of maturity. This describes one who is growing up and is developing. You've been enlightened. You saw your need for salvation. You saw your need for Jesus. You saw your lost condition. And then you tasted of the heavenly gift. You were born again. You received Jesus. Is that the end? Millions think that's the end. Is that the end? Keep reading. Keep reading. And, and, were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Got filled with the Spirit. Spoke in other tongues. Had power in your life. And have what? Tasted what? Tasted. Not talking about just sipping milk now. Is he? Tasted. The good word of God. You begin to get into some of the solid food. Solid food of the word of God. And what else? The powers of the world to come. I feel like I've just got started. And it's time for us to close. But listen. We've referred to this repeatedly. Babies don't get to do things that mature people do. They don't know how to handle it. They wouldn't know how to, what to do with it. He's talking about you and I growing up, getting saved, getting filled with the Spirit, feeding on some substantial Word of God, and tasting of the powers of the world to come, beginning to operate in some of the things that we're going to live in later 
You see it in the book of Acts. They had translations. And miracles and healings and signs and people raised from the dead. These are powers of the world to come. Babies don't operate in this. Mature ones do. I said mature ones do. Just like Jesus. Did Jesus demonstrate operation in the powers of the world to come? Man, he walked on the water. Didn't he? And so, well, he did it because he's God. No, he did it as a man. He did it as a man. Glory to God. People were healed. Thousands were fed from little boy's lunch. I mean, what's going on here? These, he is tapping into the powers of the world to come. Is it God's will? That the world see evidence of the powers of the world to come. And it will let them know that his soon return is upon them. Right? That God is real. That his return is imminent. This is real. These things are coming out of this realm. And as we get closer and closer and closer and closer, there ought to be overlap. Can you say amen? We're getting into some of it before we even get there. Now, if you can't get excited about this, you're just not awake. You're not thinking. We ain't talking about just getting up, going to work, punching the clock, coming home, going to bed. We're talking about powers of the world to come. We're talking about the miraculous. We're talking about the power that created the heavens and the earth. We're talking about bodies being changed, tumors disappearing, blood being cleansed, eyes that can see and ears that can hear. We're talking about spines being straightened and nerves recreated faster than you can blink your eyes. The same power that created all of this. Glory to God. And can you see by the Spirit of God, He said, I wanted to talk to you about these kind of things, but you couldn't hear it. Because you're just babies and I can't talk to you about it. He said, by now, you ought to be teaching other people about this kind of stuff. But I'm having to feed you milk. He said, come on. Let's go beyond these things. And he mentioned several of them. And let's go on to this. Where that you grow up and you mature and you develop and you know the Word of God. And you know the Holy Ghost and you taste of the powers of the world to come. Can you say amen? amen. Somebody say that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. Stand on your feet please. This ministry has been brought to you today. Free of charge. By the partners of More Life Ministries. And Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge. You can become a word sender today. For more information. Visit our website at morelife.org.